Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone. Athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Ross Stripling and Cooper Searles. Ross Cooper, how's it going? What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, hey man, how you doing? Doing well. Appreciate you guys coming on today. Yeah, happy to be here. And yeah, I know it's a little weird time right now with Corona. Uh, so, Ross, like, where were you? You were in spring training, and now, now, where are you now? So we decided to go ahead and come on home to Texas. Uh, uh, just once they said eight weeks without, you know, groups of 50 or more that basically, you know, killed the ability to have your team together in a full workout and basically also meant that we weren't going to have baseball until the middle of May. So we went ahead and decided just to come on home to Texas and ride this thing out uh, where we feel the most comfortable and close to family. So that's how we ended up here. Yeah, for sure. What about, what about you, Cooper? Yeah, I mean – we're still kind of going to work the same way, honestly, at, at the company that I work at. And um, we're just kind of playing it out and playing it by ear, obviously taking precautions, not going to see people, not having people in our office. But, uh, you know, it's, it's that balance between like life goes on and obviously protecting uh, the situation. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of sitting in the middle here. But, but as far as being at home, we're, we're uh, taking precautions when we can and staying inside as much as we can. We can. Yeah, you, uh, so you're working from home? Yeah, a little bit of both. I, I, a lot of people are still in the office. My job's a little bit more flexible, so um, I can kind of be back and forth. But, yeah, certainly a lot of people are still going to the office every day. And, um, and uh, you know, business has to keep going on. People got to pay their bills. And uh, so there's there's that fine line for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was kind of weird for me before uh, I live in an apartment building and this a fire alarm went off. And it only happened one time. I've been here for like three years. And, like, so everybody had to go outside. Like, it was a big fire alarm. And I was just like, wow, it's like the first time I've seen, like, a group of, like, more than two people in the past, like, <laughs> week. So that was pretty yeah. and weird. And it's like, I'm in Connecticut, and it all of a sudden it started snowing slash hailing today. So that was weird. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere. Because, I mean, Those we videos got- are crazy of the people in L.A. that are just, like, at the beach, like, nothing's yeah. going on, playing yeah. massive games of pickup basketball and stuff. Those videos are wild. Yeah, I'm kind of getting confused by all that stuff. Like, it's kind of like, are you like, are you not are you doing it purposely or are you like, just I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird. Right. weird yeah, I mean, the videos that I saw, the quality of basketball was not great. There was a lot of <laughs> easy. There was a lot of easy shots that were missed down in the paint. So uh, maybe the real hooper stayed at home. Yeah, that's the first time the B squad's able to take over the court. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They saw yeah. an opportunity and they're like, "This is our moment." <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the other crazy thing was, uh, I think it was last week when UFC, Dana White was just like, no, we're still going on. And then, like, yeah. I remember waking up the next morning, and then they were like, everything's canceled. But he was, like, so sure that everything was going to go on. I mean, it yeah. could have – I mean, it would have been obviously awesome for the UFC because then they would have been the only sport playing. Or Yeah, I mean, Ross and I were talking about the, the, the best social, social 
social distancing thing to do right now is probably to play golf. So if you're a golfer at all, like this is a perfect time. You're spending time at home. You're like at any time, 400 yards away from the next person. So I think golf's really the only sport that's like still be able to play. Yeah, yeah for sure. So going into uh, how did how did you guys how did you two meet? Yeah, so uh, Ross and I both went to Texas A and M, but we weren't really friends there. But my wife and his wife were best friends, so uh, we were kind of forced to hang out. And thankfully, <laughs> we ended up liking each other. But um, yeah, so we we sort of were thrust into it. And then once we both were out of college and kind of into our careers, we started to hang out more. And um, yeah, it just became a good friendship. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I'd put it. You know, we just happen to have wives that are best friends, and we were starting to hang out the genesis of it, man. One day, we're just like, let's let's dive into this podcast thing and see what we can do. And, you know, over a year later, we're, we're still cruising along. Yeah, then what, yeah, what made you guys want to do the podcast? Yeah, no reason in particular. I mean, we always had a, a pretty good banter back and forth about sports and other stuff uh whenever we would hang out and i love podcasts i've listened to them for a long time and so we kind of just were going over some of the ones that i love and it just organically came up that maybe we could do it on our own and um i think ross and i are both the type of people that once we put our head on to something then we're gonna really see it through so uh we just made the necessary steps and sort of just been learning as we go and and we've gotten a lot better i remember the first couple times we did it the idea of feeling like 30, 45 minutes seemed impossible. And now it just seems second nature to us. We've learned as we've gone. And, and I will say it, I, I am not tech savvy at all. This would never exist if it wasn't for Cooper and what he does behind the scenes, man. It's, it's all you hear is my voice. Everything else is Cooper. And uh, without him, the big swing wouldn't be where it is. So, man, it's, uh, it, it's a big project. It's not easy to do a podcast, as you know. And like, for instance, we're doing this on Zoom. We didn't even know this existed, yet it seems perfect for a podcast and somehow we didn't even know about it. So, you know, there's so many things out there that we still need to learn and, and get better at, but, you know, just kind of learn on the fly. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I just use this actually for like work meeting and stuff. And then I was like, yeah, let me try it. And I was like, let me figure out how to record on this. And I did the other day. And then I was just like, let me try the interview with you guys, video interview. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. And how, how'd you come up with the bit, uh, the name, the Big Swing Podcast? Yeah, that was that was a lot of trial and error. Um, with the first one we wanted was the scoop, right? Because I'm strip, he's coop. The scoop just <laughs> sounded perfect, and uh, you know that that was taken. I think there's maybe ten podcasts with basically that in its name, plus the domain name. All that was taken, which we should have known, but we were all fired <laughs> up about the scoop. And then it was just basically 48 hours of texting back and forth, different names. And you know, I'm a baseball player, but we didn't want it to be just baseball only and we you know we wanted to keep it broad and you know not pigeonhole ourselves to baseball even though the big swing still has kind of a baseball uh, mantra around it which is good because obviously we do talk a lot about a ba about baseball but uh you know I think I don't know who necessarily came up with the big swing it was one of the 500,000 names we were sending each other over the course of two days and that one was like it's perfect let's roll with it yeah, people always ask me, like, which one of y'all came up with the big swing? And I never have an answer for it because we literally probably text each other like 500 times in two days. So it could have been any one of us. It could have been a combination of like five different names. I don't know. But uh, we landed on it and we were kind of like, man, that's actually pretty good. We probably should have thought of that sooner. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like how you guys uh, call your uh, listeners the swingers too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take credit for that. I don't know if the wives love that, but I love that, that one. Yeah, it is yeah. good. Yeah, it could uh, be a miscommunication on some people if they don't know the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember – yeah, that's a, that's that's a reason why, too, um, I didn't name my – like my PG Sports podcast. I didn't even name it that because I didn't want people to associate that I only did sports. Because I have uh, like entrepreneurs and uh, like actors, actresses. That's what I've been like pretty much interviewing anybody now. So it's like interesting to see, just hear other people's stories and just athletes pretty much. One of the biggest reasons we did this was, you know, it's just fun to take an hour or two a week to just kind of disappear down a conversation, put your phones away and, and dive into someone else's life. And obviously my network is mostly baseball players. So that's the easiest guess for me to obtain. But some of the most fun podcasts we've had for ourselves personally have been other sports or not even in the sports world. I mean, we've had actors, like you said, on, we had CJ McCollum, Mike Evans, you know, so to talk about something other than baseball, especially for me when I just live baseball 24 seven has been some of the funnest things about this podcast and just been a good outlet for me to kind of, you know, basically escape baseball for a while and talk about other things. Well, I think the interesting part too, is we've seen so many of you, even baseball players or athletes in general that we've interviewed, it seems like they seem to get more fired up when we talk about stuff, whether it just be like a weird rabbit hole question or talking about their foundation or anything like that. So we've seen that uh, people seem to get really fired up when they're talking about the thing we're not interviewing them about. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel after a podcast, but usually probably like 99% of the time, I feel like more motivated after like talking to somebody else about just their story pretty much. Yeah. I, I oftentimes feel uh, very, uh, very worthless because I don't have a lot <laughs> going on compared to a lot of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I never felt like I felt worthless. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hear you. I mean, it, it is cool. I mean, especially I think the the charitable side of it, like we were talking about, it, so many of these guys that we've interviewed have a unique opportunity to touch people's lives in ways that, you know, not necessarily the normal person would. And, and for them to kind of take that opportunity and run with it has been really cool to hear about. Yeah, definitely. And Ross, going to your baseball career, uh, I was listening to a podcast actually, and you said like you didn't think you were going to make the major leagues. So <laughs> why didn't you think that? Well, I mean, I didn't pitch till I was 18. So I was new to the whole pitching thing and, and had to walk on in college and, you know, enjoyed college baseball and, and was good at it while I was there, but really kind of focused on getting a degree and what life was going to be like after college. I never you know, really thought that Major League Baseball was in my future. And then you kind of just get bigger and stronger as you develop. You know, I was kind of a late bloomer. So I developed a lot in my early 20s. And all of a sudden, you have people, scouts, coaches, other players telling you like, hey, you have a chance to, you know, at least play at the next level and go in the minor leagues and that kind of thing. And even as you get into the minor leagues, you know, you just as a guy that didn't pitch till I was 18, I was kind of in awe of, of some of these players, just how developed they were, how they would think when they're on the mound. And I'm just kind of up there chunking, learning on the go here. And, man, it was just kind of a big learning curve, uh, you know, where I never really thought that the major leagues was in my future. Obviously, you're working and in, in striving for that. That's the dream. But I think uh, – man, it, it just took me a long time to realize that, you know, I could actually make it. And then once you get there, you're like, okay, how do I stay? This is awesome. 
That's crazy. Um, yeah, and I know you guys both went to Texas A&M. Uh, what did you guys study there? Yeah, so I was kind of in a communications degree. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and, and now I'm not using that at all. But I guess the podcast is kind of a kind of ramp that up a little bit now finally but uh the the thing that actually pays my bills has nothing to do with my degree but in the same token the connections that I gained at A&M had everything to do with my current job so yeah so I studied finance which is where the whole stock market thing kind of stemmed I mean both my grandparents my father are very involved in the market so I just was exposed to the finance world at a young age and and really kind of really fell in love with it and studied it in school, got my degree, and then obviously pursued it as kind of a fallback for baseball and, and uh, something that I'm passionate about, look at every day. Times like this, it's <laughs> stressful and uh, it's, it's, it's not very fun, but actually really these are the times sometimes that you pray for if you got some cash on hand because you're going to get a chance to buy some blue chip staples of our economy at some really discounted prices. So it's, it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, glad I studied it. It's, it's a big passion of mine. Well, I got to ask, is there any, any stocks uh, you're looking at right now? Yeah, you know, I wish I could tell you, man. I really do. Uh, it's just too much of a liability. If I tell you to go buy, you know, stock XYZ and it tanks, you can actually sue me and I'd get in a bunch of trouble since I'm actually licensed in it. Uh, oh, okay. The biggest thing, man, is, is just think about the absolute staples of our economy, like companies that are going to survive crazy times like this and are going to still be around 50 years from now. And they just got cut almost in half in share price. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big discount to buy some of the biggest companies in the world. So those would be the ones I'd look at. Gotcha. And uh, like, do you think it's valuable now that you have a degree? And I know some like major leaguers or just baseball players in general leave early or just go straight to professional baseball. Right. I mean, I think it's extremely valuable in general and something to be really proud of and something that you work hard for and, and um, you know, should be proud of that achievement. There's not a lot of professional or sorry, not a lot of major league baseball players that have degrees. So I'm in a small little group there, which is pretty cool. And, you know, the idea that only 1% of guys in the minor leagues make it to the big leagues. So to have a degree to fall back on and then to be able to kind of network yourself while you're playing baseball in the minor leagues and moving your way up and have something to fall back on. Like I said, it's, it's, I think it's a big deal. And if you have a chance to get your degree, you know, I, there's countless guys that I talk to. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm six hours away. It's like six hours away. Like, go finish your degree, man. Like this, this life isn't guaranteed. Go, go get your degree. It's a huge deal and something to be really, really proud of. So I, I always try and urge people to finish their degree if they can. Well, and just the other part of it is just like, it was the best four years of my life. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll just say that right now. So I would, I, obviously I don't have a baseball career that I'm falling back later on a degree, but just the idea that I would have given up the best four years of my life would be tough to give up for me yeah yeah I definitely agree with you I remember like people saying that before college and I was just like ah, eh, I don't know if it is yeah. but now, now I agree that it probably was <laughs> where'd you go to school <laughs> uh, I went to the Sacred Heart University in Fairfield Connecticut small D1 cool yeah uh, if you guys ever played us you probably uh, smoke them <laughs> they, <laughs> for some reason yeah. I think we might have played you guys yeah yeah because I mean they go down south every at the start of yeah I think yeah. we might have early in my career like my freshman or sophomore year it's really rings a bell I'm not, not positive though <laughs> all good um yeah what's your guys process like uh for the podcast like getting it getting the, getting the guest and then like what do you the research stuff like that 
Yes. Yeah, so obviously with Ross's connections, a lot of the, the guests are, are gotten through him. And then, uh, you know, he knows a lot of these people. So he sort of is mainly responsible for developing a lot of the questions involved with like the personal side of things. And then uh, me as a fan, I just try to find stuff that I think would be interesting for people to hear. And I have a lot of questions that I would love to, to hear from people. And, and now having the opportunity to ask those questions has been really cool, but it, it really, the amazing part I think for us so far is that the, the total team effort that we've had, like a lot of the technical stuff has fallen on me. And then of course with Ross's network, a lot of the guests have fallen on him. So uh, we, we've really kind of share the load on a lot of it. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think it's a 50-50 split as far as process. It's, you know, really, I think some of our best podcasts have been the ones where we don't have a super structured kind of, you know, outline to what we want to ask. I think the ability that we've learned is to kind of go down some of these rabbit holes that you go down. You know, it's, it's if, if a guy is passionate about something that he's talking about, the last thing you want to do is be like, okay, let's get back on track and talk about this, you know? So it's, it's been a learning curve for us, but I think we've gotten a lot better as we've gone, like Cooper talked about earlier. First, you know, that Mike Evans interview, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes. Like we battled to get 15 minutes out of Mike Evans versus now we can't hardly get anyone to shut up or ourselves to shut up before we get to an hour, you know? So it's, it's gotten a lot more fun, a lot more fluid for us. But as far as process, it's, it's kind of just relying on how much better we've gotten in the last year and just relying on our ability to keep a conversation flowing rather than forcing anything. And I think, too, just with Ross and I, you know, having more episodes under our belt, we trust each other in in doing the podcast that, like, I know I can go down a rabbit hole and he's going to get me back on track or vice versa. <laughs> so that that's helped a lot, you know, knowing that, you know, we have our stuff together and we can we can figure it out if we kind of get off track. Yeah, I mean, I remember I was I remember my first episode I ever did I didn't really write questions and then I started writing questions and now I'm back I'm not I don't I don't even write questions anymore I, I do the research yeah. but then I just don't want to do questions just exactly what you were just talking about like when they're just talking about something random and you don't want them you don't want to get them off track yeah for sure yeah it's always it's always the follow-up question to the question you had yeah. prepared exactly. that always turns out better yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. The research side is good because you want to be able to introduce who the person is, right? You know, you want to be able to say like, you know, this is Cooper of the Big Swing Podcast. He was drafted in the first round, like whatever it is, like you want to Thank be able you. to give some background. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and stuff like that. And then just like have some bullet points that, yeah, if you, you know, are struggling with putting out a, a sentence or whatever that you can look at and be like, oh, I see that you almost threw a no hitter in 2016. What was that like? You know, as opposed okay. to knowing that 100% you have to ask that question at some point in the interview. Yeah. And then um, what about, have you guys had interviews where you're like, Oh, this was only like 20 minutes, but there was so much information. And then sometimes you might have like a long one and you're like, Oh, that one like dragged on. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of them where like you get through 45 minutes and I look at my notes and I'm like, there was four things that I think would have been super interesting that I just totally forgot to ask. And yeah, you just kind of get caught up in the conversation and that doesn't mean that necessarily the stuff you recorded wasn't good, but there's, there's so many times where I have interesting stuff that I've written down that I'd never even get a chance to ask. And some people just talk more than others. You know, we try and keep it in the 30 to 40 minute range. I think only the Joe Rogans of the world can go over an hour and keep people entertained. You know, it's just, I don't think we're, we're Joe Rogan. 
And some people, you know, you ask them a simple question and they go down like a little four minute tangent of what their childhood was like and like all this stuff. And, you know, you got to kind of like bring them back down to earth here a little bit. And then like, I mean, you can hear it in us every now and then I go on a 10 minute rant about something, you know, it's just, everyone's a little bit different. Everyone's passionate about different things and some subjects get people fired up more than others. And all of a sudden you've eaten up half your clock before you've gotten anywhere close to what you want to say. Yeah, yeah, the funny thing that I always do, like I always go back and do the research again, like after, and then I'm like, damn, like I wish I wish I wish I asked that question, or like I see something yeah. that just posted recently on social media, like oh, I wish I just asked them about what they just did. Yeah, I'm always so critical. I know of me personally because I I edit the podcast for us, so I have to listen back to it like you know two or three <laughs> times while I'm editing it, and then make sure it's all working. So like by the time it's actually where the listeners listening it to it, I've listened to it three or four times already so uh it yeah i hate hearing my voice for sure oh yeah yeah that's yeah i feel you on that too at first i at first i didn't like now i'm gonna hate looking at myself too (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. but uh yeah at first i at first i didn't listen to it either and then i started to listen to it uh like after i released it just to see just to like get the feel of like what the audience was like maybe i was thinking about that like coop if we start using this no, a lot of times I'm just like sitting in my underwear in a road city <laughs> recording a podcast, you know, 100%. now if we're, and now if we're going to do a video, I mean, I don't, I didn't know this one was going to be video. I just, I, <laughs> usually my hair at least looks a little bit less fluffy than this, you know, at least a little, little bit done and I haven't shaved. I look like I have a mustache in this picture up here on the top left. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. You have to work <laughs> on that if we're going to start doing video. Oh yeah. There's, there's so many times where I'm in hotel rooms, like, halfway eating a sandwich while you're going on a little rant or something yeah. but yeah we need to clean that up if we use this yeah i actually been going since it's the coronavirus and everyone's home i've been going live like every day and, and getting like a guest on and now i'm like oh no like i have to usually i don't have my hat or my glasses on i'm just like recording the podcast i'm like all right now i gotta kind of get like ready get changed yeah go on live and i'm like all right so that but it's kind of good because now i'm getting kind of used to being on camera more yeah i uh, think me and ross got in the podcast game so we didn't have to be sure in front of people. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah now now there's i think that we have we have faces for the podcast game not the video. So, so yeah that's funny too because my theory was like why i was like why are podcasts getting big so i'm like thinking so people could probably do stuff and listen instead of like watch stuff because you can't really do stuff while you're watching the tv show yeah True. for sure so yeah it's pretty crazy i mean where where do you guys think uh like podcast is going yeah man i, I don't don't know where else it can go right i mean it seems like it's sort of a a median that that as far as how you consume it won't change but i think the innovation and like subject matter will just continue to grow i mean you literally can make a podcast about anything and pretty much at this point people are doing that and every celebrity almost has a podcast now so um i just think it's going to continue to grow it's such an easy place to listen it's if you have a guest on think it takes a lot of the pressure off them not being in front of a camera not having the pressure of having to be perfect um so yeah i think it's only going to continue to grow yeah i would agree i think it's the only i mean as a guy that gets interviewed almost daily a podcast is where i show my real personality and not even on my own podcast when i go on other people's podcasts i naturally relax a little bit for whatever reason i know that's maybe not a good thing because that's when you can say something stupid i mean you hear examples of that all the time but i just think podcasting is a great 
media outlet for athletes, I don't know, celebrities in general to show the real personality that you don't ever show to the beat writer that just interviewed you after a game or whatever. You know, those stories are much more cut and dry as opposed to a podcast, which is an hour of just kind of like laid back, cutting loose and showing off, you know, what you're really passionate about and, and your personality. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly why I like listen to them. Just because like you hear the transparency, and then you could like I feel like you get to know the person more, like way more than like a. And they're in most of them are kind of like unfiltered, I guess you'd say. So like mm-hmm. people are talking regular, like normal, like how they would talk to. So yeah, um, yeah, and going into uh, your career again, Ross. Like, uh, what what was your first like major league game like? <laughs> ah, good question. Um, you know, it it uh, ended up going well, at least box score wise. We actually lost the game, but you know, when I look back at the debut, what I'll remember is just having like my friends and my family there in San Francisco, um, and and then obviously you go seven and a third, no hit, and get pulled at a hundred pitches with a no hitter going, and I've never had an opportunity like that to throw one ever again. So. And I don't know if I ever will get another one. So it, it stinks to not know if I could have finished it. You know, in a perfect world, I've said this a million times, we're winning that game 10 to nothing. And Dave Roberts comes out there and says, like, look, buddy, you got 12 more pitches. Throw them down the middle and let's see if they hit it to someone, you know, kind of thing, as opposed to it was a one nothing game. And it's, you know, we're in San Francisco, our heated rival. And, and you know, obviously we got studs in the back end of the bullpen to try and come in and close that game out. So... It, it just didn't work out that way. But, man, looking back, how special was is it to have a debut like that in front of so many of my friends and my family, like I mentioned. And it, it just really cool, something that I'll remember forever and obviously cherish and, and just a cool way to start your career. Yeah, I remember actually watching it, and that was before we were really that close. I mean, we definitely knew each other, and I would consider us friends. But I, I remember tuning in just saying, like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll watch a couple innings just in case it comes up. We, I could say I watched it. And uh, and then you know you no no hits first inning second inning third inning it just keeps going by and I'm like am I really about to watch nine innings here and <laughs> and so the I first just got, nine innings of baseball you ever watched <laughs> yeah that's yeah in about ten years so <laughs> so yeah no I just remember like feeling like towards the sixth or seventh inning it felt like it was the World Series in my head like it, I was just so hyped watching. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What what other sports are you guys into? Well, I'll speak for Cooper, and I'll I'll tell you he's into just about anything. His most recent one, now that all this downtime, he's into marble racing. Got a Snapchat <laughs> from his wife the other day of him just going ham with one of his buddies about marble racing. Um, but man, we're we're avid fantasy basketball and football players, uh, big time into both. You know, obviously the NBA and the NFL. Um, uh, Cooper, I would say, is now developing a, a uh, love for baseball, but it's been slow. I think it's more of a love for Dodgers since he knows them and, and has actually met a bunch of them. I think that helps. And uh, other than that, man, you know, I thought this would be a good test to see what else I'm into, and it turns out I'm pretty shallow. I'm just into the, the big three. I don't think yeah. I can get into bowling and marble racing and UFC or WWE. I'm going to stick to the basics. Yeah, I mean, if you just give marble racing a chance, it is the new wave. <laughs> <laughs> it is a blast. No, I I literally watched marble racing for no less than about two hours. I watched the time trials for each race and then the actual <laughs> race. It is it's very dark over here at the Searles house right now. <laughs> 
Oh man. And, uh, no, but yeah, I'm the same with Ross. I I love, you know, obviously loved NFL. I'm a huge NBA guy. Um, and then I was a massive baseball fan growing up and, and kind of in the middle part of my life, I just lost the touch for it and doing the podcast. I've, I really found a new love for it and, and have enjoyed the pitching side of it a lot, getting to talk to Ross and so many pitchers, that side of it's been really interesting for me to follow. So yeah, definitely getting back into baseball. Yeah, it's actually funny you say that, too, because, like, my favorite sport, I always say, is baseball. But, like, the past few years, I kind of, like I said, I fell out of love with it. And uh, I actually just did a couple uh, uh, minor league and MLB players podcasts. And then I was just like, damn, like, yeah, now I now I remember why I liked it and stuff like that. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll speak up for baseball just for a second. It's just it, – it's it's – it's an acquired taste, I guess, is the way you got to put it. You know, it's it's slow, not a lot of action. But if you grew up watching it and appreciate it for what it is, it's such a sophisticated sport. And if you kind of understand into what goes into, you know, second and third, one out, Mike Trout up, the idea of like, okay, what's the strategy here kind of thing. You know, it's, it's if you can kind of sit and understand baseball for what it is, it's unbelievable to watch and unbelievable to think about what really goes into grinding through 162 games. And I understand if you sit and watch 162 games, nine innings, night in and night day, I think you might be a little bit crazy, but some people do it, man. And they love baseball. And uh, it's, it's a sport in a class all of its own. If you ask me. Yeah. Back, back in the day, I could name like every single starter on every team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like definitely can't do that right now. I don't think I can do that. (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) I think the, the 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 part Ross you were saying like it is such a sophisticated game and and if you are locked into a team I think it's the most fun sport to fall like if you just are like hey I'm a massive Dodgers fan I'm gonna watch this four nights out of the week it is the best sport to follow but if you're just kind of a broad sports fan it you know the the problem baseball has is no one really cares about players outside of their team like whereas I don't know NFL is so big with fantasy football and then like you really care what LeBron's doing, whether you're a LeBron fan or not. So I think as a broad thing, baseball is kind of hard to follow, but if you have one team, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. And like baseball, I feel like it's like you, most of the people like the local team. Yeah. And not, and not like football is like everybody likes anybody from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Ross, what, what advice would you give to like a young athlete um, trying to make like, or trying to get like a D1 scholarship or like trying to make a pro league. Yeah. I get asked this all the time too, man. I wish I had a, had a crystal ball I could share with every kid of, of what they should do, you know, and, and really I just kind of lean on what I did, which is play everything, you know, don't, uh, don't pigeonhole yourself to one sport because your parents said you need to, or because you think you need to, or whatever, give everything a shot and find what you're passionate about. And don't put too much pressure on yourself. I mean, it's so easy now to, um, like, get on Instagram and, and uh, I don't know, feel the pressure to, like, be something that you're not or to live up to some, you know, I don't know, crazy expectation for yourself. And, and I just think go and have fun. I mean, they're sports, they're games. They're meant to be played with your friends outside having fun and, I think the second that you take it too serious is the second you'll get burnt out on it. Obviously take it seriously in that you want to work hard and get better at it. But man, if, if you're a 13 year old kid and you are saying, I'm going to focus on baseball only for the rest of my life, 
I don't know. I just, I feel like you're taking opportunities away. And um, I mean, like I said, I didn't even pitch till I was 18, man. I didn't necessarily love baseball. I love football and basketball and baseball is kind of a third sport. And then I fell in love with pitching and um, you know, if I would have never taken that opportunity and just tried to focus on baseball, I mean, focus on basketball, I would never be where I am today. So that's kind of what I say, work hard, find something you're passionate about, but try everything under the sun and I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I say. When a dad asked me, he's like, how's my kid going to make it to the big leagues? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I knew. Don't uh, spend 500 bucks a week on lessons. I don't know if that necessarily helps. Just put a bat in his hand, tell him to go outside and hit rocks. Uh, you know, something fun. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you on that thing. I think kids should definitely play multiple sports growing up. Are you guys, you guys ready for some fun questions? We're going to go from average to savage. Yeah, right, let's, let's do it. it. All right. What's, what's your guys' favorite song right now? Oh, good question. Uh, I like the, uh, it's, it's, oh man, I was just listening to it. Oh, I like the Blinded by the Lights by the weekend. Oh, that song gets me kind of fired up. I also like uh, uh, Diplo and someone else made a country song. Um, oh man, I can't think of it. Anyways, Diplo country song, check it out. I would say it's not necessarily a new song, but I would say Billie Eilish, Ocean Eyes. Yeah, she jams. She's good, man. Yeah, she just like whispers at you, and you're like, "I'm into that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Ross? What, what about who's been your who was their favorite uh, strikeout against? Oh, oh man, good question. I always hate answering questions like these because I feel like they're gonna see it, and then they're just gonna be like, "That mother, I'm never <laughs> gonna let him strike me out ever again." Um. Favorite one was I came in out of the bullpen. One of the first times I ever came in out of the bullpen in Colorado. There were multiple guys on base. I don't remember the exact situation, but two outs. And I struck out Nolan Arenado. And uh, I remember I remember thinking that was pretty cool as I walked off the mound on that one. Just because I was not used to coming out of the bullpen at all. I also don't necessarily strike a ton of guys out, especially Nolan Arenado in Colorado. And I uh, was able to pull that one off. That was a big one. I think that was um, that was like – early 2017 and what do, what do you guys like to do in your free time uh besides marble racing um <laughs> let me see uh I, I don't have a lot of interest beyond marble racing no I, I would say one of my favorite things to do is i i'd love to go to to breweries like i love trying new beer and and uh going to breweries i'm, I'm pretty much a homebody for the most part but if i uh, do get out and do something that's probably what it is yeah i uh I stay so busy between baseball, the podcast, the stock market stuff that I do that my free time is usually uh, engulfed by my wife and whatever she wants to do. And, and usually it's something fun. It's never anything lame. So whatever she comes up with for us is, is usually awesome. She's really good at like diving into new cities. You know, let's say Chicago, New York, Miami, wherever we are, find a new place to eat, something cool specific to that city that we can go try that uh, we always try something new every time we go somewhere different. Yeah, it leads up to my next one. Uh, what's your What's your favorite uh, travel spot? I really like Chicago. I like Wrigley Field, uh, which is just obviously fun for the historic nature of the stadium. And they've redone the locker room and the weight room and all that stuff, which used to just be atrocious, is now actually very nice and uh, worth checking out as a visiting player when he used to be spent as little time there as possible. And then the city of Chicago I love you know we we stay there right off of Michigan Avenue which is all those shops restaurants bars and stuff in there that's really nice really clean uh, you can walk around no one ever knows who I am or anything like that so we always like going to Chicago the food there is great and um, 
you know, it's, it's just a cool baseball town and city in general. I'd probably say my favorite place that I've traveled to uh, stateside would be San Francisco. It just kind of feels like you're not in America. It feels like you may be in a different country or something. Uh, obviously, like the physical landscape of it is, is pretty crazy, but uh, you just you just can go to Chinatown, get amazing Chinese food. There's a there's Italian food. There's uh, obviously Napa Valley has incredible food and wine. So I would I would say San Francisco is my favorite city I've traveled to. I love San Fran. It's a yeah. really cool city. Whoa, coming from the Dodger. I know. <laughs> it's a fun place to go play baseball, man. It, it really is. Uh, who, who's your guys' favorite athlete of all time? Oof, good question. I usually say LeBron. I mean, uh, growing up a Cowboys fan, you know, you could say like an Emmett Smith or a Troy Aikman or even like a, a love Peyton Manning. I loved Peyton Manning, man. Um, but like right now it's LeBron. I just – to think of the brand that he's built and to basically take on the city of LA and Kobe's legacy and go be a Laker when he could have kind of gone anywhere else and just, you know, done his thing. He went and took on the biggest responsibility that you could ever take in the NBA and to basically stink in the first year, get hurt. And now obviously we got a shortened season because of this virus, but to come back and play like MVP caliber basketball and uh, when everyone was talking about the Clippers and all this stuff, I mean, it's just really, really cool to see what he's done for the NBA. He's basically empowered the players. I mean, they're at a level that they've never been as far as how powerful their players are. And it's a major difference between them and us and, and really other sports in general, if you ask me. So I would say LeBron. Have you got to meet him? No, no. I wish. Man. Yeah, he's he's the podcast mecca. That's, that's cool. If we could have any guests, me and Cooper both say it's it's LeBron. Yeah, definitely LeBron. LeBron would be my favorite athlete, too. I kind of, when he was in high school, I remember watching him play one time, his junior season, and I remember turning to my friend and just being like, that's my guy. Like, that's going to be my guy for the rest of his career. And to have that level of expectations on you, be on Sports Illustrated, I think, as a 16-year-old, and then to actually pan out, and then in the middle of your career, face more adversity, people doubting you, people doubting you, and then kind of go to this next phase of his career, go back to Cleveland, win again. Uh, it's just incredible to see someone with that much expectation actually pan out and be great and is greater than we ever could have thought he was. And then, uh, like Ross said, this next chapter in L.A., like it's, it's no easy task to take over a situation like that and um, to wield his power, get Anthony Davis, and start this new dynasty potentially is incredible and I'm, I'm just sad that potentially this season's been cut short and we didn't get to see what he could have done yeah is that a lebron jersey behind it yeah it is <laughs> there you yeah, go i got two is. lebron jerseys not too, man. i love them <laughs> yeah and uh last one who would you guys want to do a jersey exchange with oh man i wish that was a thing in baseball yeah that's what i was gonna say i want yeah. to see i want to see it happen more in baseball maybe you could start it off yeah yeah what i'll be that guy cover? Yeah, I'll be that trailblazer. Well, what it does is it comes out of your paycheck. Oh, yeah. That's part of, you know, like we pay for those if we give them away, which really, it's not a ton of money, but if you were to start giving them away every day, it probably well, yeah, adds you guys up. Are 162 games. I mean, I think it's different. Yeah, right, times 162 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in history, I would want to trade with either Griffey or Nolan Ryan. In current baseball, I would probably choose – Trout. I mean, you got to choose with Trout. Uh, he's he's the LeBron James of baseball, and no one even knows who he is. It's absolutely wild. I think it's a good 
example of how other sports are able to brand themselves versus baseball players where we really struggle with that, mm-hmm. that you could have a superior athlete in the basically to the whole rest of the league and Mike Trout and he, you know, is in a household name really. Um, so I'm going on a rant, but uh, I, I would say Trout. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the, uh, the picture of those two guys that did the jersey swap in Vegas. Like yeah. after they were partying all night, they like swapped their Hawaiian tees. I love that so much, but I think that I think that I'd pick Tom Brady. Like I feel like he's just like one of those jersey? guys. Yeah, no, I would go Pats. <laughs> but like he's just one of those guys. I feel like that every player has respect for. Like there's not one guy that you've ever heard come out and say like, "Nah, Tom Brady's not all that," or one teammate that says like, "Yeah, it's he's not a great teammate." Like he is the goat in the eyes of fans and all the players. So I, I think. If I were an athlete, to do a jersey swap with him would just be a massive moment. I love, love all those rumors that came out that were like, oh, he's coming in and demanding control of the offense and number 12 and all this stuff. And then he, like, came out and was like – or so, oh, I think his coach maybe came out and said, like, he didn't ask for number 12. He didn't ask for anything about the offense. All he asked was for every teammate's phone number. And I was like, yeah, yeah he's, he's the go. Classic Brady. No other way to yeah. describe it, yeah. Yeah. All right, I got I got one bonus question because me and my friends have been talking about it. If he wins the Super Bowl year one at Tampa, because the Super Bowl's in Tampa this year or next year, whatever you want to say, uh, you think he's like the goat of goats? Yeah, he's in yes. mind as the greatest American athlete of all time. Yeah. If you do that, I mean, you, yeah. it's like him and Jordan. Like, yeah, there's no one else to lead above the it. To the Super Bowl in the first year, that would be yeah. insane. And you to beat that whole it. curse of it, where the Super Bowl is played and all that stuff. And if he does that, he's got a punt on that second year of the deal. And just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. right off into the sunset, man. Yeah, yeah. you've done it. <laughs> yeah. <the> mic. <laughs> oh, yeah, go be married to Giselle and live your life. Yeah. Oh, man. What a life for that guy. Good for him. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at and uh, your personals and your podcast? Yeah, go to uh, at Big Swing on Twitter and Instagram. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you can listen. It's called The Big Swing. Uh, Ross and I have been doing it for a couple years now. We have athletes on there, uh, other people from other walks of life, uh, baseball, football, basketball, pretty much everything. So, yeah, go check us out on there. And my Twitter and Instagram is just at Cooper Searles. Yeah, and I guess I'm just at Ross Stripling. It might be Ross underscore Stripling. I can never remember. But, yeah, check us out, Big Swing Podcast. Uh, We'll see you guys there. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.